This week on Amazingly Terrible, we're listening to The Critic, episode 21, Frankie and Ellie Get Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Intensely well done. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast that's a fraction of what it should be. My name's Adam. I'm Matt. I am David. They call me Mike. They do. So a fraction of of what? Like is it one fourth or like is it one of the weird fractions like you know, seven (laughs) over eight? Well, it depends on how you how you want to. Seven over eight is a weird fraction. Well, it's yeah. practically 8 over 8, so why don't they just call it that? Yeah, if it's 7 <laughs> yeah. over 8, they may as well just make it 3.5 over 4. I mean, jeez. Or, or 5 out of 7. And I need to, I need to apologize to our listeners. Uh, we did get an Orson Welles episode, but it is not the one with the green penis. It's not the one with the green penis. Unfortunately, no. it's the one that everyone talks about. Yeah, it's not this episode. That everyone talks about. Uh, all the people are constantly bringing up the critic to me. Well, ev- everyone who brings up the critic brings up that. So why? Let's, it, let's yeah, why in my professional workplace, they are constantly bringing up John Lovick's vehicle, the critic to me. <laughs> when people come up to me and talk to me about John Lovett's vehicles, yeah. they're usually talking about Southland Tales, not are they- the critic. Are they sure so. they're not talking about the vehicle he drove in the movie Rat Race, which was a Seth Green vehicle, I believe? <laughs> yes, I believe you were right. Mm-hmm. God, that was a good movie, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 Got Mr. Bean in it with uh, Have you seen this Wayne room? Knight. That, uh, my, Newman. my wife and I quote that movie so often, like, oh, where really? we just walk into, like, we, we're somewhere, and it's, like, really pretty, and we're like, have you seen this room? And then the other person always is like, yes, I'm in it. And we just get a laugh out of that. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's cute. That's Have nice, you Mike. seen yeah. this room? <laughs> yes, we're in it. Do you think Do you think that movie they were like, hey, you know what's cheap? Comedians. Let's get all yeah, of them. I think so. My sister was bragging to me the other day that uh, she almost booked John Lovitz to come out to do one of the festivals that she was putting together for Texas. Holy shit. And how if she had like a little bit more money, she would have actually booked him to come out. How how much does it cost to book John Lovitz these days? I don't know. I did not ask. Maybe I should have. Maybe we could have gotten him on the show. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Get some real talent. I don't think his career has sunk that far. <laughs> Not as far as Orson Welles, you know, with fish sticks. How dare you? Mm -hmm. I'm just leading in. You you know the last thing Orson Welles was in, right, Mike? Your mom. Bud Peace? No. uh, (laughs) That was a good one. Good one. Um, Was it? You know what? If my mom mom did big Orson Welles, I'd probably high-five her. You know, to be perfectly honest. Fuck, I'd high-five her during. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, you were there. Kick the door in. (laughs) <laughs> what hey. up, Adam's mom? <laughs> Want to give you a fiver? Nice. No, the, the last thing that Orson Welles was in was um, the Transformers movie. He played um, Unicron. We'll get to it eventually. I'm sure it's in one of our lists somewhere. So, since we're probably going to breeze over the uh, intro, and it's fresh on my mind, can we talk about the Mandela effect of the moon? in the intro because do any of you have vivid memories of the moon 
looking like that skull, like in the intro, like the the last scene in you know the the opening to the critic is this moon, and it looks like a face where it's got two eyes, and it looks like you know one of the skeletons in the Nightmare Before Christmas or something like that. But if you look at the moon now and you look at any picture on Google of the moon, it looks nothing like that. But I vividly remember... Wait, wait, do you just mean the moon? Yeah, like... Or do you you mean like the moon as depicted in the show? Yeah, you understand that was a drawing of the moon. uh, The drawing of the moon, I distinctly remember as a kid the moon looking exactly like that. Where it looked like a face up there. Kind of like like the man on the moon came from the fact that people looked up and it looked like a face. But did something happen in the 90s that the moon, like, no longer looks like that? Yes, your imagination died. (laughs) Well, you know, there was that time in the early 90s where... The chair in the Chippendale gang shot a laser at the moon and started carving yeah. the chair's initials into it. He mm. wrote C-H-A. Like part of an A, C-H and part uh, of an A. But then he was stopped. Yeah. So. Okay, so I've paused. I've rewatched the opening and I've paused on the moon. And it, it, does, it does look distinctly does look, like a screaming face. It yeah. does look a bit like a face, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's what the moon used to look like to me and and that's what it used to look like back in the 80s and 90s but now but now when you look at the moon it looks different but now do a google search do a search for the moon and and make sure you actually look at the moon well i can't right now because there's uh it's cloudy as hell right now and i don't think it's a full moon but if you do a search for the moon and you have safe search on um, just the case. Are <laughs> <laughs> then the photos of the moon I'm looking at, they have boobs on it. <laughs> it's just a moon with the boobs. There's a big brown eye in the middle mm. of most of these. Oh, jeez. But no, there's no face. Mm-hmm. The moon and the critic, they didn't just draw some random thing. They based it off of the moon. But I'm pretty sure they drew a random I thing. feel like this is the big, like, n- we're so deep into Mike's nostalgia that we're starting to see the psychosis set in. And, like, <laughs> in about five to ten years, he's going to be like, do you remember in the 80s and the 90s, the moon was alive and it played jazz and did advertisements. Yeah, do you remember? You remember it? He used to sing that song, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. Yeah. No, don't you remember when the moon had a a face and it was talking and then all of a sudden the rocket landed into the moon's eye? (laughs) 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 That that youthful, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed me is dead and it's just the old, (laughs) tired. Yeah. Bitter me that's just forced to wake up every day and live out yep. the same day. Yeah, you, I'm saying you you just burrowed into the the corpse of your former self and you're living in your own chest cavity, feasting on your entrails. And someday I'll burst free with a <laughs> glorious. <laughs> I'll eat some magic mushrooms and then the old me will burst out of my chest and be like, "Hello, I'm free," what and I'll go the... dancing Whoa, okay. through the woods naked. So, wow. so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like Guado. It wouldn't like slowly come out of you while like you, the rest of you, is like dying behind it. No, no, it, it would be very I much am like Mike's childhood. Yeah, it'll be yeah. like the aliens. It'll be quick and violent, and um, and I'll look down and be like, oh no, not again. <laughs> it'll 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 come out and it'll be like, there's two things you remember about this movie: 
Me and the three boobed ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Quaid. Quaid. (laughs) Start the reactor. Anyways, let's actually get on topic about what we're supposed to be talking about. Sure, yeah, yeah. You're you're in charge. Did I tell you guys about the moon and yes. how I thought it was? So, the critic started in the critic started in 1994 on ABC. Nice, oh, nice. Yeah. It uh, starred John Lovitz, and ABC had a lot of notes about how racy the show was. Mm, they, they didn't like that he had like a different girlfriend every week. And also, Wait, according what? to Wikipedia, that his eyes were too small, but. Yeah, and the design was a bit a, a, a bit different than the second season and the first season. His head was flatter too. Is that why in the second season he gets a girlfriend? Yeah the 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 writers took the notes. They gave him a a steady girlfriend. They gave him a bit more Disneyfied design, and ABC sold the show to Fox. <laughs> <laughs> and Fox was like, "What is with all these family values? This isn't the yeah. show we we wanted to run." <laughs> nice, nice. So after season two, Fox canceled the show. Yay! Oh, a happy and, ending. They also uh, brought in a lot of people from The Simpsons and soon to be the Futurama cast. Well, it was it was written by and created by Al Jean and, and Mike Reese, who are showrunners, writers, and general bon vivants. And it was produced by James L. Brooks. Yeah, and that's did. why Nixon looks the same in all three of those shows. Yeah. Who actually you makes mean, an appearance you mean in this episode? What did I say? I don't know. You just said three shows. Yeah, Futurama. I said that earlier. No, you said three shows as if Nixon actually showed up in The Simpsons as well. He yeah, does. Nixon, Nixon in The Simpsons? Nixon he does. shows up in The Simpsons, yeah. Matt, Matt Groening just... famous, famously hates Nixon. <sighs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I'm sorry. I, I have to I watch all 30 seasons of The Simpsons to see if Nixon <laughs> is in any of them. <laughs> you know what you have to do, David. Because I refuse but, to watch The Simpsons after season 30. Yeah, none I of those it. exist to me. No, it's tough. I actually I started watching The Simpsons. I was like, you know what? I'm going to catch up. I'm going to get all the way through it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was about like year two of watching like 10 episodes a day. I just had to give up. So, <laughs> um, But the... The the thing that, that I thought was very interesting, though, is it, even though you said that they sold it to Fox and Fox canceled it after the second season, they mm-hmm. did still have a Critic Simpsons crossover. Mm-hmm. They did. The Critic was in The Simpsons. That was an epic crossover. Yeah. It actually yeah. It seemed like a crossover that worked out pretty well, unlike the Futurama one. Didn't they parody like a Flintstones-Jetson crossover? Right before the critic showed up, like the the Simpsons, was, Bart was like, yes. "Oh, not another crossover! Those are those episodes are so lame." And then, yeah. like, Jay Sherman walks in the door. Yes, probably. Yeah. Upon closer inspection, these are loafers. Okay, I don't, I don't even. That wasn't even a quote from. <laughs> was it? Or was that just in the critic? Was that not? Where was the? Where was the Arnold Schwarzenegger? Not, not, not the McBain. It was McBain. The, McBain. He's in the Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. I thought McBain was Simpsons, not the critic. No, he is the Simpsons. That's what I said. He's the yeah. Simpsons. Well, wasn't in that? Uh, the, 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 that's not this episode. Yes. Okay. So no. focusing on this episode. Mm-hmm. David, t- t- tell us a little more about the history of 
yes. the critic. Please do. No, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. so, I wanted to leave something in case we do the show again. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And because I suspect this is going this show is gonna run long. That's so, fair. Alright. Sure, yeah, make your excuses. We have the opening credits. Mm-hmm. You see iconic New York buildings. Yeah, unfortunately. Several of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We even we even get a shot of the uh twin towers. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. As they about. do like the sunset on there, so oh, gotcha. It's like part of the logo screen. The the music that they use for the opening credits I actually enjoy immensely. It actually reminds me a lot of uh, some modern day classical artists that actually write music that's inspired by uh, New York. I do enjoy this this style of music a great deal, especially whenever it's talking, whenever it's dealing with the subject of New York. It actually feels very fitting to me. So I don't know if anybody else has that same like feeling or nostalgia for New York. Maybe the guy that lives in New York. Yeah, it makes it makes nostalgic for the New York that no longer exists. <laughs> that, that probably never actually existed. Right, that existed only in the memory of two people who moved to L.A. I, the one thing that's weird about the opening credits is that there's a lot of bits in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Simpsons, it's the Simpsons, you know, cut credit scene gag, but like on steroids. Yeah, and it, it is interesting that they did fit in. Many they didn't have a different one for each show, but they did fit in many different outcomes to those bits, and they did the same thing for the outro for the show as well. Yeah, and honestly, this is the thing about the critic: parts of it are very funny. Some of it is a little tedious, <laughs> and and some of it's very dumb too. Oh uh, um, yeah, and and by not not to go too much on like. Uh, a hot take of the entire thing by today's standards they they do tell jokes that are several jokes that are funny but like feel somewhat incomplete like they could have gone a step further in ending mm. the joke and sealing the joke it's almost like they the mm. premise and the setup itself was supposed to be the joke without an actual like punchline hmm. yeah i think that and and they have some weird like they some of the funniest lines like there's one really funny line that they just like kind of cut away from and it doesn't mm-hmm. just doesn't land. What? That, I'll tell you when we get to it. Yeah. Okay. The show starts with Coming Attractions, the movie review television show Jay Sherman stars on. We see a clip from a sports documentary about electric football. Mm-hmm. And it's a Ken Burns yep. documentary. And Jay's yep. boss Duke interrupts the show to cut to a cat video. Yeah, that was prescient of him. Yeah, at best, in this day and age, the internet was was in its nascency. Yeah, it was just a little so, kitten. You did not have video in those days. Exactly. <laughs> so next scene. Jay and his girlfriend Alice are driving to his parents' house for their 40th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Flashback to the last woman Jay brought home. An inflatable one that got punctured and flew around the dining room in classic cartoon balloon fashion. Yeah. Another this bit, this bit falls a little flat for me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. This is this is one of those the inflatable uh, woman falls flat. Yes, very good. Yes. This is one of those tedious bits that we have to get through to get to like one of the the good scenes, one of the nice scenes. Yeah, yeah. This is setting up for when they arrive at the house. Jay's father, Franklin, tests Alice by poking her in the arm with a fork. Does she sound like um, Applejack to anyone else? 
Yeah, uh, yes. And is she the same not... actor? Actress? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who Applejack is. So My Little Pony. Oh, gotcha. It could be. Could be. I think it's just hey. a southern accent. For... It's, already, it's already got you, Matt. What? <laughs> Apple, I mean, I, I could quit any time. <laughs> we spend about 10 seconds to have Jay's mother, Eleanor, explain that this is one of his father's better days. And when we cut back, he's in a Zorro costume, swinging from a rope and calling himself El Cabong and smashing a guitar over people's heads. El Cabong. So here's the thing. Is the dad supposed to be someone? <laughs> like a character? Well, I feel, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like this episode actually goes the deepest into the backstory for the mother and father characters. Right. Mm -hmm. I think they're really the way that they're set up is they're supposed to be like the old New England wealth. So they have like the almost like Connecticut accents. Yeah. Old blue blood money. What you think of when you think of like old money. Mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah. I don't think Connecticut's mid-Atlantic. That's (laughs) it's just what they called the accent, Mike. So, and of course, El Cabong is a reference to the Quick Draw McGraw show from Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. way back when. Let's see, when was that? 1950s, I think? No, uh, no, no, the mid-1900s. 1959, yes. Yeah, um, those were made in the mid-Atlantic region, Mike. <laughs> yep. And I, I actually have very fond memories of Quick Draw McGraw because it was one of the few cartoons they played on AFN when I was a kid mm-hmm. after I got home from school. So when I was living in Germany, it was one of the one of the first cartoons that would come on. So I had to suffer through the old cartoons before getting to the new stuff. I Quick Draw McGraw is one of those cartoons that I completely missed just because not having access to television, it wasn't. It wasn't one of the old cartoons that got replayed enough that I saw, you know, ever encountered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start watching TV? Was it college? When did I start watching TV? I mean, I used to come yeah. over to, to uh, Adam's house and watch it all the time. No, I, I don't yeah. mean like for the first time, but like when did you start regularly saying, oh, it's eight o'clock, I'm going to turn on some TV? Probably not until, not until college, right? I mean, I, don't, I didn't even really do it during college. Yeah. Do you do it? Did you ever do it? Like, do you still not like watch TV? <sighs> I mean, I still watch TV. I just, uh, you know, now that we're streaming. You stream it. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't have to do it at a particular time. I guess maybe after college, after grad school, I did that a little bit. But not really. That's one of the things that I remember in the 90s. And it's like every late... <laughs> Like early generation X parent and, and, you know, or young baby boomer parent, they always had the TV on as background noise. Like mm. they'd be wandering around the house. No one's in the TV room, but you got the news on or the weather channel or it's just, it was just noise. It was just, you know, that's, that's what killed police squad. Leslie Nielsen TV series that inspired naked gun police squad was extremely well received and everybody that watched it loved it but it it was killed because nobody was actually watching the tv they just had the tv on for noise for sound so nobody actually got the gags because half the stuff in there was sight gags the thing that gets me is that i i think that honestly that's really a product of their anxiety and how they dealt with it back in the day like having to have the tv and having constant input like 
I feel that all the time now. I think it's how they like made their brains shut off. It, it's kind of like playing loud music. In, in all fairness, nowadays, nowadays I, I have I have my ear, ear pods, my AirPods in yep. all the time listening to podcasts. So exactly. It's, like, it's the same thing. So yeah, it's a, it's, just it's, a good way not to think. <laughs> yeah, Does it stop the voices in your head? <laughs> Stops the anxiety-inducing voices. Yeah, yeah. The the voices that's my voice in the background going, "Motherfucker, what are you doing? Go get a better job. Go get paid. <laughs> yeah. Why are you just sit around? Wow. Stop doing dishes. Get we out went there. Straight into self-worth, didn't we? You Why do you think you, we're doing you got this? A master's degree. Why are you getting paid pennies? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're worth more than this. You're worth peanuts, not pennies. Exactly. You can so at you least be getting peanuts. fed. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat copper. All you can do with the pennies is feed them to squirrels. Squirrels. <laughs> squirrels. So, Jay's sister Margot uh, plays a film made of old home movies. Oh, you, you mean Bart Simpson. <laughs> it, it, when she talks, I'm like, why does her voice sound so familiar? And I, I looked it up. It's Nancy like, Cartwright. Okay. Yeah. Nancy Cartwright. Yeah, yep. but it's but she she it's almost like she uses the the Bart Simpson voice precisely for this character. It's it's it's, it's uncanny how similar well, they sound. It's uncanny so. valley. You could tell something's wrong, but it's <laughs> you you it, 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 you hear her, but no, it's uncanny <laughs> valley ranch. That needs to go into one of our t-shirts. <laughs> Hidden kid. Hidden, Hidden Uncanny Valley Ranch. Very, uh, it's the best with nope, fr- frozen fish sticks and. Oh and God! Okay, nope. Oh, maybe you're coming. Bring it back around. <laughs> no, I'm bringing it nope. back around. We're uh, really good at um, advertising stuff. No, you beat it to death. <laughs> no, well, that's coming up later. I think I, I butchered that line, but we'll see that in the um, the next couple segments. All right. So Jay presents his parents with plane tickets to a tropical island. Should we talk briefly about the film that's shown? Sure. Yeah. Because it does it does set something up that does not pay off later. It's, okay. a, it's uh, kind of excruciating. Yeah. The, the film. Because it's supposed to, basically supposed to be like a film archive cut together of when. Yeah, yeah. it's a newsreel that plays before movies. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all in black and white and it has like a bunch of old characters in it. The thing that it sets up that does not pay off is it did state that the father character, that he was a Rhodes Scholar and a teetotaler, basically. Mm. Never drank before. Yeah, Never drank before, before he had Ted Kennedy's special punch. And then he drinks it and suddenly turns into one of the Three Stooges. Mm -hmm. And what I thought that they were setting up was, oh, it's actually the alcohol that's making him so wacky and insane. Yeah, that's inferred. And all he needs to do is quit the sauce. If he gets off the hooch, he'd be fine. But then, later on, he's still drinking. So, Yeah, but it's on his terms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you, no, you're right. Uh, it would have been better if they did not get the rum drop. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so then uh, after the film strip, what happens, David? So the, p- the parents are off driving to the airport. And they board a rotary engine cargo plane. Yes, because all of their airlines are on strike. But going deeper into the the father figure psychosis or the husband psychosis, we do see that 
on the drive there, he thinks he's playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. Donkey Kong. Yes. Yeah. It's Which not I... even Donkey Kong. It's like a version of Donkey Kong that doesn't exist. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's like it's 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 like first person Donkey Kong, first person speed racer Donkey Kong. Yeah. If you look, you can okay. see that in the rearview mirror, he has a score, and it keeps going uh-huh. up every time he jumps a barrel. Yeah, he yep. has to honk his horn to, in order to jump the car. So, do you think this is an instance where uh, life imitates art, and first person games came from the critic? Yes, one hundred percent. I had yes. an Atari in the eighties, and that had first-person games in, in it, on it. Yeah. Oh my God! How did they even do that? It was crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like the, I mean, if you played the old Bard's Tale or or any of the Might and Magic series, those were all first-person. Yeah, those were all first, and they were back in the mid eighties, and um, like Wolfenstein. Well, well, yeah, Wolfenstein, like where they had to use like right? where they used two D sprites in a three D environment, like you could go around something as the same picture. Mm-hmm. But but that was yeah that Wolfenstein was way after the Atari age. Like I can't imagine right. the processing power that like went into trying to make something look three D when we were in an age of side side scrollers. Anyways, just food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible food. Well, I it's didn't garbage. Say it was this gourmet. tastes like fucking Wendy's. <laughs> hey, don't you shit on Wendy's. <laughs> I will show you Eidolon sometime. Okay. Eidolon. Because it is a first person shooter and it is really crazy. I bet it's a trip. Yeah. And not a good one. It's a really bad trip. Anyway, they, they get on Hindenburg Airways. Yeah, because all the other airlines are striking at this moment. Which I feel like was something that might have been like prevalent in the 1990s. That no. was maybe topical. When is it? No, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but th- there was one thing that I did want to point out before we, we get into them, the flag. When Jay was presenting this trip to his family, he did say that this was the same island that he went to on his honeymoon because mm-hmm. he was he was previously married and then they have a really horrific depiction of pacific islanders yes where they they Sac- sacrifice them to their volcano god and they're all wearing reed skirts yes so i feel like that's like the one thing in this particular episode that does kind of not date very well um are you forgetting the gay commercial no. Oh yes, that's right. I did forget the gay commercial. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That also did feel a little icky. It felt. It felt. I. I. It, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to feel. You know. Yeah. I didn't like the shaky cam. That was. <laughs> well, that was intentional. That, was, yeah. that was making. That was making me queasy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. Which, it was supposed to be. You know, the the my soul called life of. Gay commercials. Yeah. Like the reality TV show aspect. Yeah. What were they selling in that commercial? Um, I don't That's remember, bit... actually. Nothing? Nothing. What a bad fake commercial. I just remember they were, they were, <laughs> they were comparing Jethro to Jed from Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And, and I, again, like, it, a whole bunch of references I did not get because I wasn't raised by a TV. Yeah. The the flight is pretty shaky, so Franklin goes to the cockpit 
and discovers th- that it's a penguin who's been flying the plane and that he's been drinking. <laughs> this part was funny. That's when he realizes penguins can't fly. And penguins plane, can't fly? The plane falls out of the sky. Like literally just straight yeah. up. Uh, yeah, disobeying the laws of physics. It was beautiful. But um, yeah, th- I feel like this is one of the quotes that we actually quote regularly. Oh, yeah. Whenever we're hanging out and talking. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, yeah, it's part of it our personal feels like it. It's, it, it, it's one of the more memorable quotes. I'm not sure if we actually quote this one, though. Yeah, yeah we quoted, well, quote another show that also had this line in it. Oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we quote a lot of the critic, like inadvertently. There'll be, like, even in this episode as we were watching it, I was like, I say that all the time. I didn't realize I got it from this. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I definitely uh, thought, I, of you, thought of you when we got to the sec- second Orson, Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah. They're I'm, even better when they're frozen. Frozen. Or they're even better when they're raw. <laughs> no, no. The I love Nopnarf. I love what? Nopnarf. Nopnarf? Yeah, it's Franklin Backwards. It's another nice. episode where uh, Geraldo Rivera was asking uh, Franklin a couple things. Like, what's your... I hear you could say your name backwards. And he says, nope, narf. Nice. And what's your favorite food? Nope, narf. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I guess you had to be there. I, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Go ahead, David. Please save us from ourselves. So, Jay's parents have been missing for a week, and Alice is there comforting him. The family attorney steps in and plays a video will that was produced starring Orson Welles. Because he needed the money. And Orson Welles keeps trying to, like, interject some sort of fantastical aspects to the will reading by introducing goblins and danger. And mm-hmm. the producer keeps stopping him and telling him it's a video will and to knock it off. Yeah. Yes. And then we see Jay's parents and they... State that they're leaving control of their assets to Jay. Uh, yeah, the, and the assets total $1 billion. <laughs> Commercial break. So Franklin and Eleanor are building a hut on the deserted island they washed up on. Franklin is slowly changing, putting on muscle and regaining color in his hair. Mm. Yes, regaining color in his hair. Oh, we, and, um, we missed the scene where he tells the um, where he tells the penguin, "I don't care how many waitresses you've bagged. You're a terrible pilot." Oh, that's 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 when they were yeah. floating on the wreckage to the islands. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah the, the penguin is there on the island with them, getting a nice little tan. Yeah. Well, actually, it looked like the penguin was getting a burn because the white part of the penguin was turning pink, and I was a little <laughs> bit worried for the uh, you were worried <laughs> the for penguin's the penguin's skin health. Yes. Yeah. Because he, he built the house and he said, no thanks to you. And it pans over to the penguin going, wah, 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 with a, a sun shade or a sun reflective bit. To try mm-hmm. to get yeah, the, so you can get an even, even tan under his chin. So long as he yeah. gets a penguin skin survey, then you know he could make sure that any of those spots that show up aren't, uh, aren't dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, penguin skin survey sounds like a great band. <laughs> but it has to be some kind of like Norwegian death metal band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh this is also when we we get uh Franklin saying that he even made a signal fire just in case mm-hmm. somebody flies over. 
and the signal fire just spells out, send rum. Yeah. And a pilot flies overhead and hits the... Rum button. Rum button. Rum drop. Yeah, rum, rum drop. Rum drop button. And uh, drops a single bottle of rum with a little parachute on it, which, they, which Franklin catches. Which also leads um, me to the conclusion that it's not the lack of alcohol that was causing his hair to turn gray and, you know, him to be crazy. Um, or, or the alcohol. It wasn't the alcohol. It wasn't, wasn't it wasn't drinking alcohol that, yeah, caused all that. Because he drank the alcohol and continued to gain muscle and gain back, you know, sexual functions and stuff like that. So it's literally just living in the modern world in New York City that was killing Jay's dad's sanity and, and mind and body. That's what's that's what's happening to my daughter's dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, this this is when I was like, you know what? I think this is actually just reinforcing what we already know from that Mitchell and Webb's show, where the protagonist of the story that is actually able to save all of humanity just has one and a half drinks. Right. Never oh, three beers. Slightly tipsy all the time. Never three beers. Only two and a half beers. The night nice so tippler. So this is <laughs> so this is really Franklin discovering the secret of the Knights Tipler, yeah, yeah. Tipler maintaining Tipler. the right uh, <laughs> the right blood alcohol. Here, let's just go. Let's go with the inebriati. That one's easier. The inebriati, <laughs> love it. Oh my just, god! How, just, can we, just do we have any jokes of our own? Do we? Can, can no. we are we allowed to have our own jokes? <laughs> the only joke that we have that's our own is Blue Mountain Beanhole. That's it. Yeah. And I think we've beaten that one to death already. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Beating the blue. Okay. Man, the it's, like, it's like what you did to your penis. Exactly what I did. Smashed it to smithereens. Now it's just one flat foreskin. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. Just walking around with flappy foreskin. Little bits David, of penis what's our next out. segment? All right, Matt. Don't get started on Mike's foreskin. I know. We, we all love we'll to be talk about it. But it's so salty. <laughs> You're salty. So. Margot is poring over maps, trying to plot rescue missions over South Pacific Islands, mm-hmm. while Jay's stomach talks to him. <laughs> and, and this is probably one of the most quoted lines for me, is the, mm-hmm. oh no, they're onto us. I'm going to release a cloud of noxious knockout gas, or noxious amnesia, amnesia gas. gas yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, it's not amnesia gas. Yes, but it sure is toxic. You got to give me that. Yeah. It's on, honestly the joke isn't that funny, but going back and listening to it, the voice acting Lovitz is really good. It, he, it's he is really good. With the it. way he does it, his inflections, it's just very funny to hear him talk. That's right. Yeah. So that night, Margot was visited by an apparition of her mother. Eleanor starts to give a spooky speech, encouraging continuing the search, but backslides into unsolicited motherly advice. Mm-hmm. After she fades away, the ghost of Orson Welles appears. And enjoys some after-death Mrs. Bell's fish sticks. Oh. And this has yeah. the Bell's line. fish sticks. Yeah. yeah. They're even better when you're dead. Yes. Um, that's the line for me. <laughs> I think that is, is the most quoted line that we oh, yeah, use yeah. from the show. Yeah. So For sure. It's, it, and it's so funny that they have so many of them in this one episode. Like, all crammed together in this one episode. Yeah. So... It's a smorgasbord. 
The next scene is Jay visiting all of his family's businesses. Yeah, yes. Jay, Jay's trying trying to figure out where all the businesses that his family owns do. Yes, yeah. the, there's an ad agency with a terrible shaky ta- shaky cam commercial. Yeah, that, which that appeals to gay generation Xers. Yeah, and this is what we were talking about earlier, and the uh, the character that I, or the actor I was referring to was Paul Lynn. Duh, Paul yes. Lynn. Paul Lynn. Yeah. The commercial doesn't seem to be selling anything. Yeah, I don't think the commercial is selling anything. <laughs> I think it's selling gay people. To yeah, let's get let's get actors. into this because I I'm not even really sure what the joke is here exactly. Like I feel like I have to go back to the '90s to understand what the what I the feel joke like is. Even. I, feel, I, no. I feel like the the problem is is like in the '90s it was almost like any any talk about mentioning, homosexuality. Yeah, mentioning gay. Or, yeah, was just funny. mentioning gay people was supposed to be funny, yeah, because it was, like, edgy. Well, it's off-color. Really... It, it, it's the 90s where off-color jokes still were funny, and it, the, the whole joke is a bunch of straight people probably wrote this saying, oh, we're going to talk about gay people, so everyone's going to think it's funny. I kind of feel like that might be it. I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, or that it's reinforcing all these stereotypes and that's terrible, or it just, I don't, it doesn't, I don't know. Or maybe they're just trying to get some sort of Paul Lynn reference in here because they do reference a lot of old TV shows all the time. And this was an episode, like, this commercial was referencing, like, two old TV shows, even for Generation Xers. Like, Bewitched and Beverly Hobillies wasn't really something Gen Xers would be watching unless it was on, like, Nick at Night. Ah, but what about Yeah, but we, we've all seen it. Shows. We've all watched those. <laughs> even me. Well, we have. But because, and we're yeah, barely but, but Generation we, X. Yeah, yeah. Because well, true. Repeat played constantly. I it, mm-hmm. it yeah, it's one of those things fair, that like fair. I I don't I feel like I don't understand anymore. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, this suffers from a lot of the same primetime TV shows back in the day because I I feel like this show did age pretty well in comparison to like Friends. I think Friends is like disgusting today. I mean, like, it, it was so... it was disgusting when it was made. It's just it was think, more acceptable yeah. back then because it was like, oh, you know, this being disgusting like this is funny. But like today, it's just like these are like six horrible people that you would not want to spend any time with in this day and age. Whereas like if you go back and you watch Seinfeld, where the whole premise of the show was like there were a bunch of like bad people that just happened to be like making jokes with each other. It did not have like these type of really bad stereotypical depictions of different types of i guess sexuality or mm. like classism or any of those things that was like over the top i don't know what I'm, what type of soapbox i'm going on i just hate friends i think it's really what it just comes down to i mean i support your friends right. hatred because <laughs> that shows garbage but i feel like this show does age much better than some of the other shows of its era because of the fact that it's not over the top. I didn't expect to. I, I didn't expect to laugh at any of the jokes, and I did laugh at loud at some of the jokes in here. Yeah, yeah. So next is the pharmaceutical company that's manufacturing pills that cost a penny to make, and Jake gets upset because the company is selling them for ten dollars, which is, which is adorable, which is yeah. surprisingly <laughs> relevant in this time in day and age. Yeah, yeah. the writers really lowballed the corporate evil there. Yeah, well, that's yes. true. Yeah, it's not a thousand dollars a pill. They really undersold our dystopia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and then this was another tedious joke that we got that I didn't really understand if this was supposed to be a joke, and it was them them feeding Jay a drug that would make him be okay with corporate greed and then him having excessive hair growth. 
and coming back in looking like cousin it. I don't even know if it was a reference off. or just a silly thing to have happen, you know? Yeah, I think it's just random nonsense. But it wasn't funny. Also, it's weird. Also, um, I really wish that drug existed because I miss my hair. <laughs> and I was actually thinking the same thing when I was watching it. I was like, you know, that would the make a hair growth aspect would be the more important part of that drug. Yeah, I <laughs> the mean, side like, effect would be being okay with corporate greed. Yeah, the side effect would be being a Republican. And you know what? I do it <laughs> to get my precious, precious hair back. So next is a cigarette company nice. that bought a children's show that, so they could retool it. <laughs> yeah, and this these are th these are my kind of people. This I think is one of the funniest lines in the show. But it doesn't pay off exactly right. The show features a five-year-old with a uh, what? What sort of metaphor should I use here? Uh, what? What does her voice sound like? Audrey Hepburn, like a four-pack-a-day <laughs> yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. Like it sounds like she swallowed a homeless man. She sounds like the Indian actress from The Expanse that plays the, yeah. the president of the UN, hmm. uh, Shahore Agadashlu. Yeah, Aversala in the in the show. Her yeah. voice is so great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Expanse, huh? I love a good raspy voice. Mm-hmm. Do you think Scarlett Johansson just smokes a lot, or is that like her natural voice? I think that's just her natural voice. I think oh, she's uh, she takes horse pills to make herself sound hoarse. <laughs> how, about, um, how about Aquafina? Oh, do you think she drinks Aquafina? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Dude, the first time I heard that voice, I'm like, holy shit, that's like the coolest, like, raspy voice ever that, like, it's just like gravelly, but in a, in a feminine way. And then I found out, I'm like, Aquafina, who names their kid Aquafina? And then I realized it was a stage name. But then I realized that <laughs> she was in, the, she was in Shang, uh, Shang, 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 Shang And she was really good in there. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's, she's in a she's ton been of voice a lot of acting stuff. roles. Raya and The Asians. Last Dragon, Crazy Rich Asians. I've actually yeah. watched all the cartoons because my kids are super <laughs> into like everything yeah. uh, animated. And every time I hear her, I'm like, that's Aquafina. And my kids and then, are like, uh, who? And I'm like, the, 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 Nora, the green piggy from, um, from Angry Nora Birds. from the block. Yeah. Is that what's... She really should have been on Community. Aquafina? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She would have been good. I, I can see that. She and Britta could have done something. What uh, where's the Expanse on? Is that Britta Amazon or is that nice. Hulu? It's on. It's on Amazon. Have, You've never seen the Expanse, Amazon man. You're Prime. gonna love it. It's a good show. This is this is the scene where uh, <laughs> the uh, salesman who's showing the commercial says that Jay Jay's getting disgusted by these terrible cigarette ads, and he says, "Jay, think of the children. <laughs> if they can't smoke, what will they do after sex?" <laughs> and Jay says, you're disgusting. And he says, well, if uh, teaching kids to have sex and smoke is disgusting, then lock me up. Right. Illegal. And then it, and then it cuts to a scene of him being in a uh, paddy wagon, being driven away. And needing a hug. And then he says, I need a hug. This is one of those that where was it's like the rough. joke. It yeah. was rough. And this was one of the ones where like the joke was it was almost there. Yeah, this was the this was one of the jokes where it was just like this is the setup for a joke, and then it had no ending, it had no punchline. I mean, it the, missed the punch. It had no punchline, kind of because he is punished, right? Like, yeah. if the satire is that he's terrible and our society condones it, then mm. they're just it's confusing about what they're saying.
Yeah. The punchline should have been how many of his own cigarettes he's now worth. Ooh, that would have been good. <laughs> I like that. Nice, nice. That is fucking dark. Yeah, Dang. it's dark. It's dark, but it's funny. That would have been good. Yes, that's very, very beautiful. <laughs> You're hired, <laughs> Benny. Move over. You got a new writing partner. We got a new writer, and he works for cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> So next, Jay pivots into trying to use his money for good. Yeah. He tries shipping annoying celebrities to the West Coast. And it backfires hilariously. Hilarious is a strong word. Greasing yeah. train tracks to make them run quieter. Which ends but, hilariously. But not stop. But make them unable to stop. I don't even know what the joke yeah. is really here. Yeah. It's... I think they were spitballing and they're like, oh, let's have the train crash into the ocean. <laughs> and finally a plan to clean New York City which was like the final good idea that he landed on yeah, yeah, yeah. Li to literally clean yeah yes yes and so meanwhile Franklin has dressed a local ape in a suit and bow tie and forced him to serve the Sherman's drinks yep their reed hut or their bamboo home has mm -hmm. been transformed into a bamboo mansion yeah, it now has a patio with a parasol table, a hot, hot tub, tub. And, mm -hmm. a and tennis courts. Yep. And a monkey and an servant. Ape servant yeah, and, and an ape servant plotting to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and it still it talks in the same kind of mannerism as their old butler. Yeah. yeah. Inferring that all butlers are apes. Uh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> is it inferring that, you know, they're, they're so rich that they can... That everything just turns out their way every time. Oh, so you're you're ascribing to the ideology that wealth is given to people because God loves them. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually God's will for them to be rich and God's will for them to get everything they want. The cult of success. It's karma. Oh, and yeah. maybe that's why the poor jungle dwellers want to eat the rich. Ooh. <laughs> so that, they can redistribute that, their wealth. That's, yes. that, that's the, exactly. yeah, that's the, the, um, the solution to all the problems of the rich is just eat them. Mm -hmm. And also borrow their hot tub to bring over, you know, sexy ape ladies. Or maybe it's inferring that Franklin is actually so on the ball that he's actually able to train an ape to have the exact mannerisms of his previous most beloved manservant. Yeah. Well, so maybe that's reinforcing the fact that the rich actually work really hard in order to maintain their wealth. Yeah, that's that's right. Really? That's very true. That's Republican Mike. <laughs> <laughs> now we have a montage of Jay cleaning New York stuff in silly ways. Yes, but all like by hand. Essentially, all on his own, yeah, or with help from his uh, fiance. Did anybody else think of the movie uh, Turk One Eighty Two during this sequence? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Never saw. It. Never mind. This is my memory of where Pubic Library came from. Uh, for some reason, yeah. I always attributed it to like other cartoons, and I finally watched them. Like this is where it's from. Mm -hmm. In Margot's Situation Room. The chef, Vlada, enters carrying a black box from the downplane. Is he a chef or a restaurateur? Yes. 
I, yeah, I think he's supposed to be like the restaurateur because he's always like the host. I don't okay. know if they ever show him like in the back cooking or anything. But yeah, chef. It's close enough. He's He owns the restaurant that has all the celebrity photos on the wall. Yeah. And the celebrities go to eat at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, cu- we cut to a scene of how he found it just so that the guy that voices the Australian character can come to work and say one line. The show. Exactly. Yeah. Two lines. He said, now there's a stock, that old stocking in here. So he said two lines. Okay, yeah. two lines. Hey, that doubles his pay. And I always, I always wondered does. about this particular character for, for this uh, series. Is he supposed to be like Paul Hogan or is he supposed to be like Mel Gibson? No, I think he's supposed to be uh, Steve mm. Irwin. Now, this is. I think this is pre pre Steve Irwin, isn't it? I think this is even pre Steve Irwin. Yeah, I think he's this is even more got like the, Crocodile. This, even is got the, the, this is the the pre Irwin age, the PE. Yeah. No, no, no. He's even got the Steve Irwin mole. Like it's it couldn't be Crocodile Dundee. It like well, how long was Steve Irwin? No, he's, in he's an Australia? action star. So so it's, he's, a, he's, cl- he's closer to Mel Gibson. I think he's supposed he's to be more like a Mel Gibson character. What was the, what was the character's name? I don't know. Mm. He's, <laughs> he's, he's I don't really he's remember in him, this episode. Yeah, I don't really remember him being much in the show much at all, really. Oh, I remember him being in it pretty pretty regularly. Really? Yeah. Actually, I thought regularly was, enough uh, that everyone yeah. remembers him. I think that he was considered one of the main characters because he was supposed to be uh yeah, he's, Jay, he's like Jay's, Jay's friend. best friend. Like yeah. he's like oh. Jay's only friend essentially. And the fact that he's an actor kind of leads to some issues on a couple of episodes, I think, where, like, he's criticizing his friend's film. Uh-huh. And then also, like, the friend's supposed to be, like, hot and suave, so he helps uh, Jay get the ladies every now and again. Uh. And the airplane recording contains detailed location for the searchers. Yep. Yeah. And including some dialogue from the penguin. Yeah. So we know that the penguin was not a figment of uh, Franklin's imagination. No. The it was actually the real. Yeah. Yep. A real airline hired an animal to fly one of its planes. An animal that does not fly to fly one of its planes. Yeah, an animal with a drinking problem. And Yes, and with a drinking <laughs> problem. Exactly. Just before this scene, though, they do do a bit where in the ceremony to Sit thank to Jay deal. for cleaning up New York, the New Yorkers uh, proceed to trash New York in celebration. Yes, they have a ticker tape parade, and then flip over cars, starts uh, trashing windows, spray painting everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this this all dirties the city again. Yeah. yeah, and leads to one of Jay's famous lines, "Hachi machi." Yeah, I hate it. I hate that line so much. But this did feel very. This did feel very <laughs> New York to me. Oh, the people just trashing the city in celebration of its cleanliness. Yes, it's it's quite New York because New York is like, why is it so terrible? All the people. Why is it so wonderful? All the people. <laughs> nice, nice. So, going back a little bit, his name is Jeremy Hawk. And okay. Jeremy Hawk. Okay. And his he's best known for his role in Crocodile Gandhi. So I think uh-huh. we know who he was based off of. Yeah. Yes. Ben Kingsley. Yep. Crocodile Gandhi. That's horrible. That that it sucked. Yeah. He's I mean, ashamed that's kind of, of the his point. He's ashamed of his age, forty three. God fucking imagine that. 
I feel sick now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's also ashamed of his height. He wears platform shoes to uh, give the illusion of height. Nice, nice. And he has a twin sister, Olivia Newton Hawk. There you have it. Thanks. Nice. Excellent and, research, Mike. Yeah, I'm and really glad we got to the in, bottom of that. Uh, three episodes, yes. according to the Critic Wiki. He's only in three episodes. That's what the what? Critic Wiki says, but I think it's an really? incomplete. Really? It's incomplete. It's got to be. Wow. I don't remember him at all. Look, I run a lot of wikis, so yeah, they're complete. Oh. Yeah, because it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incomplete because it doesn't even have um, this episode, which is... Right, uh, Rincast. Yeah, if, if there's um, one thing David knows, it's wikis. He yeah. knows wikis. Wait, I think, didn't we have it on the show where you talk about how you surf the internet searching for unclaimed wikis that you can then take over? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of planning that right now, too. Anyway. <laughs> planning another hostile takeover? Yeah. You're like, I, I like Critic it. Wiki, it's up for grabs. I, I like uh, I like the idea that David's like prowling around on the internet, like uh, creeping. He's like, I'm looking for some unguarded wikis. Yeah. Oh, they only yeah. let me do this every six months. I need to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I passed a lot that I can't come within a thousand URLs of a wiki, but... <laughs> Here I am again. Margo and Jay fly to the island where their parents are. Yes. And everyone relaxes in a nice hot stew pot while disgruntled apes chop carrots into the water. And the dad is shown kind of being back to his own insane self. Well, at some point in time, Jay does say, I don't think that they're... Or no, I think he says to his father, I think they're planning to eat us. Mm -hmm. And then the father just like looks around and is like, oh, nonsense. I'm the as hero. He's, as he's in a hero sub. And this, again, was like a weird non-joke joke. Like it felt like there should have been a punchline somewhere in there. Hmm. It was... Yeah, that one was difficult. Overall, this episode, I feel like the further we got into it, the more it became just a skeleton with jokes hanging off of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, with some strips, even of, with some like incomplete jokes. Yeah, strips of desiccated even. joke, you know, dripping as it wandered life like like a zombie through the through our consciousness. That's right. Yes. Occasionally stepping on an episode of The Simpsons, mm -hmm. or was the critic also in? I think the critic might have also been in Futurama, wasn't it? No. Did they make a critic reference in mm, Futurama? I think no, they may doesn't... have made a reference, but they don't think that he was on it. Yeah, I don't think the critic was cryogenically frozen also, so he had to be a thousand years old. Because the he critic was, like was a... cancelled by the time Futurama was even developed, I think. He might have been a, a background uh, head in the head museum. Oh, that's a good Yeah, theory. that sounds about right. Good call. That does sound You know, you've actually now created a new Mandela effect in my head where I, I now see Jay Sherman's head in a jar saying one Hachi of his catchphrases. Yeah, there we go. Hachi Stinky. Nice. What yes. did everybody think of this? What I already told you what I thought There's because I do it French first. fry stuck in my beard. Despite the fact that like as we're watching it right now, there I, I am making like a lot of complaints about like the jokes not really landing or there being like a lot of like misfires there. I still love the show. Like I still really love it. 
And mm-hmm. it's it really, I think you are right. It has to do with like the delivery and the comic timing of John Lovitz actually shining through all of those like weird non-joke jokes or those weird tedious jokes. And it's just like he's able to deliver whatever he's given so well that it sticks and it takes up room in my brain. And I love it. He delivers better than Instacart. <laughs> and that's not a dig at Instacart. That's a that's a uh, compliment to Jay Sherman. <laughs> and John Lovitz, of course. Yeah, you know, I had a really rough time uh, writing this summary because the show was just so ingrained in me. I yeah. had trouble like stepping back and seeing the individual parts of it. Looking objectively at mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely took me back to hear some of those old lines again and just remember all the times, you know, we were stupidly up late at night just mumbling quotes at each other and and laughing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's impossible Watch to look at this uh, this episode, this series objectively because... Jay Sherman is not an object, and we shouldn't treat him like an object. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I think that there's, like, only two lines that I can really think of outside of this episode that we also, mm-hmm. that we, we quote all the time. And one of them is, buy my book. Buy my <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah. Buy my book. Yeah. My book. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other Orson Welles, which was, Rosebud. Rosebud peas filled with country goodness and green penis. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, that's awful. Some for the road. Oh, they're even better when they're frozen. What luck. There's a french fry stuck in my beard. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maurice LaMarche is awesome. He actually did, I I saw a YouTube clip of him dressed up as Orson Welles and doing that clip uh, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, look it up on YouTube. It's it's good. Nice. You got to be in the right uh, mindset because it's as funny as the other ones. It's just, you know, it's just him in in person doing it. It's 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 so weird, though, that this show is chosen to lampoon mostly Marlon Brando and Orson Welles. Two dead people. Yeah. <laughs> two, two fat, <laughs> old, white, dead people. Dead. Even at the time of this series, they were dead. Yeah. Actually, was... was uh... Brando? Uh, Brando might have still been Brando? around. Brando? Brando might have still been alive. Now, he was still alive because he did uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau in like Oh, that's right. He did. He mm-hmm. did. I, I and... remember because I rented that... You know what's you know what's interesting about that movie is Marlon Brando actually stated to the director and played his character in this way. He said that his character would have been a genetically modified dolphin. <laughs> so he wanted to be a genetically modified dolphin. Also, fun fact about the about that movie is halfway through shooting, the director went insane, ran off set, and then spent the next six months living in the jungle. Yeah, because Brando was apparently terrible to work with. Just, like, was tanking the production deliberately. Uh-huh, yeah. I would like to live in the jungle on my own. That would sounds great. Like Riot? Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, gem. Mm, I, I'm, I could, I don't want gem along. <laughs> you just need some alone time. We yeah, yeah. We understand. Just me and my long flowing hair. So, Mike, what did you think? It's everything I remember, and I didn't have to take off rose-colored glasses. Like, <laughs> oh, really? It aged well. Like one of you said, you know, it aged better than other things. Yeah, I, I, I didn't say it aged like a fine wine. I said it aged well, like you <laughs> like know, a well fine well. <laughs> it, 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 it still holds its water. It still holds water to this day. The gay generation extra joke kind of fell flat because it fell flat because you know we're not in the '90s anymore. Mm -hmm. Um. Just the same as watching the Adams Family Value, you know, those jokes have yeah, not aged. Yeah. But for the most part, John Lovitz does such a good job delivering his character that it's really enjoyable and nostalgic. I, I will agree with you, Mike, in that, like, it, it's, aged, it's aged pretty well in, in that you can tell it was a quality product and it maintains... A high quality like the animation still looks really good character designs are really fun it's very consistently executed and drawn like it doesn't feel cheap at all that's true that's true and the, the jokes that land they land really well so there's a few jokes that were that were like good they there were like laugh out loud moments like you were saying Matt. yeah i think so there was some real groaners in there in between uh which is, it's interesting because I don't remember that from The Simpsons as much. Although, going back and I did a rewatch um, a year, a year or so back. And um, there are also a lot of gay jokes in the early Simpsons. And they no, do not yeah, age well. Maybe that's why, like, they're constantly poking fun at Orson Welles. Because on one okay. level, who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that could be the case. That's why they make fun of Orson Welles and Marlon Brando. Right. Because they deserve to be made fun of. Yeah. I don't know. How many of the world how many of the best movies ever made have you made? I don't so know. So next question. Yes, David. <laughs> yeah. Yes, David. Please keep us on track. Would you let your children watch this? Would I let my kids watch this? <sighs> I guess I would. I don't know. It has some adult things. Okay. I do have a modified version. Under what circumstances would you force your children to watch this? Um, treason. <laughs> Had they committed the treason? Capitol. Yeah, storming the Capitol. Yeah. <laughs> if I saw their their picture on Facebook of them storming the Capitol, they would have their eyes opened. Um, yeah, little wire things. Uh, wait, you, you forced mean, to you watch mean, the like... critic. I had an insurrection once, and the doctor said, so long as it doesn't last more than four hours, it's okay. That's, um, an insurrection that lasts <laughs> longer than that is a is not a great thing for anybody, really. Yeah. 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 That's uh, probably how long it lasted, really. They had a hard time getting mm, it up. I think it was longer than four hours. It, it, they, they struggled to get it up the stairs of the Capitol. God, you guys. Too soon. 
too soon. <laughs> Are you upset at us for not laughing at that? I thought that was good. Yeah. Not only the insurrection, know you joke, but failing to get it up the steps. I mean, come on. Nice. That's, uh, that's the only thing I got here, man. Well, did, did Mike, did you answer as to whether or not you... Yeah, I, I said the uh, the condition um, would be puberty. <laughs> or or, right. or, at, or adolescence, whichever comes first. Yes, the next question. Um, next question. Should we keep the show on the list? I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. I am going to say amazing, and I want to keep it on the list. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just because David said that he's got more background for us, that he's saving, keeping it in his back pocket, just in case we wind up keeping this around. So I want to he make was, sure that we get the chance to talk more about it. He was covering for his lack oh, of me. research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, you're assuming I'm, I'm also going to be summarized in the next episode. No, we it, that's the conditions. Well, we don't, we don't assume anything. No, if, oh, that's the conditions. <laughs> We don't we don't assume anything these days. Yeah. I'm gonna end up watching these episodes anyways, just because I want to go back to it. <laughs> but you know, keep it or not, I'm sure that the critic is going to seep its way into other episodes because it does seem to be like our favorite go to <laughs> yeah. for several jokes. So I, one of them. Nostalgia this is, this is, is one of our a poison. Gentlemen, nostalgia is a poison that's killing us from the inside. We've got to cut the cord. I think that's the whole point of the show, isn't it? I I thought that was rum, (laughs) because that seems to be what's doing. That's what the doctor tells us says it's doing. God damn it, I fucked that up so bad. (laughs) That's what the doctor says he's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Believe I just need to take some of those pharmaceuticals that Jay took. Mm. Oh, yeah. Turn them into so a zombie. Hair, some of the hair growing pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they had an Adam's family bit uh, in there. Um, I'm going to go with cut. Hmm. Of course you are. I'm going to go with cut. I mean, it's. Because you're the fun assassin. You don't want to have fun. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You yeah. you found out my uh, I'm uh, on uh, on Modern Warfare Call of Duty twelve I'm X X X four twenty elite three sixty fun assassin sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine sixty nine yeah that's my uh, code name that's your handle yeah mm-hmm. mine is Joe Mama so so David <laughs> do you want to put us at a deadlock or do you want to uh... Vote on the right side of history. No, I think we should keep this. God okay, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you and your opinions, Matt. Well, we know yeah, yeah. we know Derek texted and he said cut. Did, did he? Right? Yeah. Did he really? Sure. Because <laughs> he knows nostalgia is a poison. Uh-huh. Are you sure that wasn't uh, nothing? I don't know about that. Well, also, I don't think this is uh, quite as much uh, Derek's nostalgia. As it is ours. It's a cancer. It's a cancer that's eating us from within. What's that? I I think that's uh, smoking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to redemption.
Mike. Do it. Mike. 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 What do what do you want to change about the list? Oh God, um, all of it. <laughs> no, um, just change the whole premise of the show, show about nine hundred two one zero instead of cartoons. <laughs> I just want it all anime. Honestly, I'll be totally honest with you. I heard, I saw something online that was like, "Hey, we're doing a show about you know, like the history of this Marvel character," and I was like, "Fuck, why aren't we doing that?" <laughs> Okay, Mike, are you going to redeem anything? Uh, yeah. I want to enhance Thunderbirds. All right. So how do you enhance it? It's there been enhanced. Negative four. Episodes watched negative four? Yep. What kind of devil dice are you using? That's how the algorithm works. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be an expert at Excel? Well, they're dice manufactured yeah. by the Wizards of the Coast until recently. Yeah, I, I don't see any linked cells here. Let me look at okay, where... Look at the random index. Random index here. Okay. Why do we have a four-point spread? It seems like it's unnecessarily adding a lot of numbers to this list. So I have the next redemption. <laughs> Yay, yeah, like, yeah. David. Okay. Redeem. Well, I mean. For this episode, because we're all caught up now. Mm. Yep. I was just going to say, we're finally caught up. And I have removed Spider-Woman. Ooh. Oh. Why did you remove Spider-Woman? Yeah, why'd you, you do that, just, David? Is it part of the spider fatigue? Is or is it, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's part of my campaign to squash all the spiders. <laughs> it's spider fatigue. Yeah. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. David, what's our next segment? So coming up. Ooh, the most exciting and suspenseful bits. The what is... Our next episode. Oh David. boy, I'm tingling. I am percolating. Tell me what is index 350. 350. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. Like what is awesome. wrong with your algorithm? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's the algorithm. I think it's the dice rolling. Uh, we, we landed on King Arthur and the Knights of Justice again. Oh, dear. I feel like our listeners... We have locked an episode for that, don't we? Yeah, I, I feel no. like that um, our listeners don't know how big the list is, because they're like, oh, they watch yeah. like three or four cartoons total. Yeah. And our, our, our standard regular list is 204, and then we have multiple overflow lists that go to different spreadsheets for us to watch other things. Yeah. So there's actually like a pretty decent probability of us watching... Anything else? It, well, I mean, we did do this show because of our twin fetishes, uh, weird cartoons, <laughs> and amateur accounting. Who is going to be doing this episode? Because they get to choose the specific episode we watch. Whoa. Roll the dice. Adam, it's going to be you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. All right, so... I have everything pulled up. There's one in particular episode that really speaks to me, and it's called The Quitters. <laughs> However, to answer the burning questions that we had last time we watched this series, I think that I might just go back to episode one. Whoa. Mm. Opening kickoff. I think this will give us... A little more insight as to what happens. I honestly, I don't care. I mean, okay. 
<laughs> you get to see the football team climb into the Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster. Exactly. Let's sign off. Yes. Are Seth Rogen and Joe Rogan related? Yeah, they're, they're blood brothers. Uh, father and son. <laughs> father and son's better. <laughs> I like the idea that they're blood brothers, though. Well, they're blood brothers and father and son. Es- it's, uh... And they're Eskimo brothers as well. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been mildly amused. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been apolitical? No, you haven't. Deeply political. For for Amazingly Terrible, I've been deeply political. For Amazingly Terrible, Hachimachi, it sucked. I've been Mike. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it stank. Oh, it stinks. Did I, I said yeah, it Yeah, you said it yeah, Oh, you, you got there. It's Oh, you, you got it wrong, yeah. God, I gotta get that recording studio set up. My wife's gonna kill me. I'll just be laughing. <laughs> a storm hey, over hey, here. Hey, David. David, David who are you? She's gonna hit me with a frying pan. Oh, yeah, David. I have no idea. She's gonna hit me with a frying pan. But luckily, I've been taking my frying pan and still. Okay. The final one. <laughs> Our final stolen joke. <laughs> Is it more stolen? Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Redemption means I can bring back any voted outs. Nope. <laughs> I already tried that, actually. <laughs> really? So what, David what... specifically told me I was not allowed to bring back Pride of the X-Men. Okay, so... <laughs> specifically that one. Okay, um, so what am I allowed to do, then? It's not for the reasons you think. It's because he was a big dickhole between recording that episode. I missed right. that one. I feel bad. You shouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Mike.